This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station. Good afternoon. This is Front Row on the Bigger Picture and I'm Sharmila Ganesan. Textile arts are often associated with traditional crafts like batik or weaving, but contemporary textile art practices actually go far beyond this. And many artists working today actually embrace both the heritage of textile arts while also innovating and using them to engage with current cultural and sociopolitical concerns. So an exhibition called Common Threads looks at how this art form is evolving here in Malaysia and is currently on at the back room at the Chongsan building until the 4th of October. So joining me via Zoom are two of the artists featured in the show, Iona Donald and Marcos Kue. How are you guys doing? Thank you. How are you? I'm doing good. <laughs> um, so maybe the the best place to start would actually be uh, for you guys to kind of introduce yourself a little bit in terms of your work. What drew you to working with textiles in the first place? Okay, um, basically, I think since I was a wee girl, I've always been surrounded by textile. My late grandmother, she was a self-taught seamstress. And my mom is also, um, she's a keen sewer and like uh, all of my other aunties as well. So I think it's always been sort of embedded and inherited. And I started off um, as an engineer and then I ended up, where I am now, which is a textile artist. So I think it, no matter like how far I went from, from like the textile sort of realm, I think I was always going to be, I think I'd always return and I was always drawn to it essentially. So yeah, I think it's always been inside of me. So I've always wanted to do it and now I'm doing it. What about you, Marcos? Yeah, so my background is actually in graphic design and I'm still doing my bachelor's of graphic design here in the Netherlands. So I've always been fascinated with textiles, but I just never had the chance to actually interact with it. I grew up seeing textiles. I'm from Sarawak, so uh, the Iban clothes are always a thing. But you would never propose to your parents to have like weaving as a subject that you want to dive into. Mm -hmm. But because I'm doing uh, my art studies here in the Netherlands, there's a workshop for textiles. And I eventually I just went to uh, give it a try. Mm. And that's how it became. Yeah. And um, Iona, you didn't uh, specifically mention this, but you also have your roots in Sarawak, don't you? Yes, so <laughs> I'm originally from Kuching, Sarawak, uh, Bidayu descent, um, but I was raised in Scotland. So that's why for, yeah, I do, I, I do a lot of textile and I work with a lot of textile from, you know, um, the iconic Sarawak, like Puakumu, like all of the Bidayu costume, the Gawai costume, as well as like from Scotland, like tartan kilts and, like, you know, the Scottish weaving and so on. Just to outline the, the 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 field of textile arts in the first place, what where is that line between when it becomes art versus something uh, utilitarian or functional? I think for me, at least, um, when I look into the history of the poire of the Iban cloth, for them, of course, they have, it's functional in the sense that it's, it can be a skirt, it can be worn and it's decorative. But at the same time as well, the art aspect of it is in the storytelling. So the Pua Kumbu used to be a way that weavers 
uh, female weavers as uh, specifically uh, document their reality, their abstraction of their reality and also their dreams. So in that sense, the art aspect, the art aspects is alive in the textiles. It's the way of um, showing the world an, a form of narrative that's in their perspective. For me, I think it's the same as well. Um, how you define it when it becomes like, you know, is it craft or is it art? Is to, a lot to do with intentions. So as an artist, you you have to really think about what is your intention while you're creating the piece. Um, how what are you trying to say? What it, what message are you trying to convey? Are you trying to raise awareness? Are you trying to bring light to something? And also material wise. Um, that's also another aspect that is that, that plays a great role in making um, textiles into a, a, an art rather than just having it being a craft. I mean, there's nothing wrong with having both, but yeah, that's a lot to do with intention. Mm. Yeah, but there's also this there's also this thing where people tend to like draw the line between art and function, but an yes. art can be functional as well. Like a piece yeah. of cloth that's decorative can also have a function. Mm. So I think. Yeah, when it comes down to drawing that line, it's not as clear as... It's not as easy, yeah. Yeah. So speaking of drawing those lines, right, um, uh, you've mentioned Puakumbu and earlier I talked about how often in, in Malaysia, in particular when we think of textile arts, it tends to always be about things like batik um, or other forms of weaving. However, this particular exhibition is sort of making a point that we're talking about these as contemporary practices. Now, again, we're talking about lines and I know necessarily these lines are not always clear. What, um, in your opinion, makes something a contemporary art practice in that sense? Um, the textiles for the Aboriginal tribes in Sarawak is their way of expressing the abstraction of the reality. It's a way for them to tell their stories, their dreams, their myths, and in terms of a contemporary art practice in the form of textile, at least in my point of view, is what we have we want to say as like new generations, uh, how how what type of stories they want to convey through your work, what type of materials are we actually dealing with right now, and how how can we integrate this material into our textiles? I feel like that's an interesting conversation that can be started in that sense. Mm. Um, what happens when you use like H&M clothes for your weaving practices? How, what, does that, what does that talk about in our contemporary narrative? Um, and as well, like reflecting of all the textiles that we're dealing with right now at this present moment, I think that's also contemporary. I think I, I also agree with Marcus. I think a lot of it is um, what you're trying to say and the materials you use. Um, I think it's really, when you look at the history of, because, for example, when you talk about quilting and patchwork, a lot of it, it, when you look at the history of it, it's quite dark in the sense that, you know, it, this the practice of making quilts and doing patchwork and all that sewing, it originates from, like, a domesticated role, as in, like, a female, a woman would do that role. So as the years progress, as, you know, art scene changes, especially in the textile world, we can see that, you know, these women are reclaiming what was only meant for, you know, at home sort of activity. They change it and sort of, it becomes like an empowerment basically for women to talk about social issues and things that should be brought to light and 
awareness and making a stand, especially like with the whole movement that's happening right now. So I think it's just really interesting how you can use something that is a domesticated sort of skill or hobby and it can be brought to light, you know, in art galleries and um, exhibitions and so on. So how did the both of you, as well as uh, Tetriana Ahmed Fauzi and Shanshan Lim, get, to, you know, sort of get roped in into exhibiting your works together? How did the idea for the show come about? I, I was doing a mentorship for my solo exhibition and um, Lisa from the back room uh, got in touch with my mentor, which is Charmin. Um, they, yeah, they started talking and she saw my works and she was really fascinated by it. And yeah, that's how we basically went in touch. And then I, I met Marcus through Lisa, essentially. So um, one of the pieces exhibited in the gallery right now is actually my assignment for my class here. So I do a lot of projects here and it's really like, like a factory in my school. So we do a lot of projects and I used to wonder as well, where do these projects belong? Where can, where can I tell the stories besides in my school for this audience? And I, I know that some of the projects that I'm doing, it's a story that's about Malaysia. It's about Sarawak. And it's always in behind my head that I want to send these projects back to Malaysia when, where all my community is, where we can discuss about community, community projects and our issues together. So what happened was COVID hit. And I had to escape back to Malaysia. Mm-hmm. And I had my projects with me and I just sent it to um, Lisa asking, are you interested in all this uh, textiles that I'm doing right now? And it ended up just being featured in the gallery. Oh, so well. that's how it, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry, this is Marcus's um, first ever debut as an art, a textile artist here. Oh, is it? Oh, that's oh. nice. <laughs> yeah, I, I I don't see myself as an artist, like textile artist. Mm-hmm. But I know that there, are, I just have some projects that I want to share. Because my main practice is still graphic design. Right. So also a really new learning curve for me. Well, I am really interested to hear um, the particular works that you're showing in this exhibition. But we do need to take a quick break. Uh, but when we come back, we'll talk more about what you're showing. I'm speaking with artists Iona Donald and Marcos Kwe, who are two of the artists featured in Common Threads, which is an exhibition on contemporary Malaysian textile arts practices. The show is on until the 4th of October at the Back Room at Chongsan Building. And we will be back after a quick break. You're listening to Front Row on The Bigger Picture, BFM. 89.9. Welcome back. This is Front Row on The Bigger Picture and I'm Sharmila Ganesan. I'm speaking with artists Iona Donald and Marcos Kwe, who are two of the artists featured in Common Threads, which is an exhibition on contemporary Malaysian textile arts. So the show is on until the 4th of October at the back room at the Chungsan building. And um, before the break, we heard a little bit about how Iona and Marcos sort of um, came to be a textile artist, not quite. Marcos says he's not sure. Um, but um, I'd really like to hear about the works themselves. So maybe, Iona, if you can get us started on what you're showing in the exhibition. Um, for this exhibition, this group exhibition, I'm, so, I'm showing two new works. Um, one is a hand weaving and the other one is a quilt with embroidery. The hand weaving is called Dirty Laundry. 
and um, the quilt is called Abamuas, which translates to Don't Cry in English. So um, for dirty laundry, it's literally made out of washing line. So for this particular piece, I really, I, I knew what I was going to do. And I, I knew what my limitations were. And, and I said, that, which was, I was only going to use household items. So the whole entire weaving is made from household items such as um, washing line, um, handle the handle of a mop, um, and also safety pins as well as metal fasteners for pipes. And the reason why I wanted to use um, household items was basically for me to really, you know, emphasize on the fact that the whole weaving is basically about familial voice and the familiar aspects of, you know, literally having dirty laundry. And it's basically me, the act of me airing out my dirty laundry. So when you look at it visually, the weaving, you can see how intricate the knots are, how intricate the weaving is. And it's to basically to represent um, relationships between a parent and a child. And also for um, Abamuas, um, that is a quilt. Um, that was that. That is a quilt that's made from um, discarded linen, which I have taken from secondhand secondhand kimonos, and it's the inner lining of the collar. So what was surprising was that um, all of the inner lining are actually white, and even though they're white, they're off white. So some are like a little bit pink, some are a, a little bit brown. So I've carefully arranged it in a way that it would make a and like a it's unique pattern essentially and i've embroidered um the questions and the text that um a child would ask a parent essentially and a lot of it is to do with the pains of a childhood and the pains of a womanhood and motherhood so a lot of this is, it stems from my solo exhibition and what you can see is basically a more personal and very close way of me interpreting my own sort of inner reflections because of the way how backroom is constructed and located it's it's such a personal space so it makes the whole experience of looking at the artwork even more intimate for the works I did for common thread um, I definitely focus a lot more on the Sarawakian upbringing that's why I chose quite a lot of like that you know the Malaysian iconic Kampong style washing line. Um, and I think when you do see it, you don't recognize it as a washing line because of how, because of where it's put essentially, because you don't necessarily see washing lines in, in an art gallery in an mm -hmm. exhibition. But I think I wanted to, to use um, non-conventional items in, in a setting where um, it can be appreciated in a new light. Mm. And uh, Marcos, what about you? What are you showing? So I have two works currently at the gallery. The first one is called Paper Tiger and the other one is called We Came Down From The Waterfalls. So Paper Tiger was the assignment that I had already done in Netherlands. So it's also a journey. In Netherlands, as a Malaysian Chinese, when I'm doing a tiger, for the, for the Europeans, it's just oh another Chinese person doing a Chinese tiger and it's like this form of exotification mm. that people still... It's, it's something that is also quite, 
I don't know how do you call this. It's something that is constantly happening here in Europe as well, like how they view how they view your identity and how it ties down to your culture. Um, when it moved back to Malaysia, um, the whole narrative changed. So when you have a tiger showcasing it to Malaysians, it becomes more like an identity, like self-reflection, in the sense that when you think about um, the Chinese, we have our tiger. You have to think about the Indians; they have their Indian tiger, and then you think about Malays; they have their Malay tiger as well. So, and as well, the tiger is also a national animal. It's featured in a lot of our emblems. It's featured in our sport teams. We like the value of the tiger. Even Mahathir is always called like the Asian tiger, which is really interesting. Like I also question as well why why we like saw. Afflicted, afflicted with this animal, but then when I was doing my research, trying to find that sense of like what narration I want to like share with the locals with this animal, I realized that in Borneo, so Sarawak and Sabah, as our national animal, the tiger, we actually don't have tigers in Borneo, mm. and that becomes as well political as well in the sense that what does this mean? Why why are we sharing this national animal, but? We don't really have this national animal in Sarawak and Sabah, so it becomes a really interesting uh, narrative. Mm. The second piece called uh, "We Came Down from the Before before you move on, uh, do you want to tell us a little bit about the technique that you used for Paper Tiger? So it's actually uh, printed and hand embroidered. Ah, okay. So yeah, I don't know how to explain that. <laughs> Like in detail, we'll just have to. We'll just have to go and see. Exactly, you have to go and see. <laughs> yeah. And so, what about the second piece? The second piece is called uh, "We Came Down from the Waterfalls." It was inspired by one of the stories that one of my uh, indigenous friends shared with me of how uh, her grandma told her that her tribe came down from the waterfalls in a sky, in the dome-shaped heaven. So the spirits would come down to the waterfall and I kind of related it back to the Sarawak River where the water flow would flow into the Sarawak River. And I just felt like the story was really, how do you call this, value-based. And some and I, I constantly reflect as well and I see as well like what is happening with uh, the contemporary, uh, how do you call this, well, I, I constantly have this story in my mind when I'm looking at, I don't know how 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 straightforward I can put this, but uh, with racial, yeah, of how if I'm a Chinese in Sarawak, I can own like a Indonesian maid or like a indigenous maid in my house. Or like when it comes down to job opportunities, you have like a lot of indigenous, indigenous tribes still uh, put into the jobs that the privileged don't want to do. And when I was doing this piece, I, I'm always thinking about them. And I wonder as well, like, do they still remember that they're also beings of the sky? Like what um, my my friend told me, like what my friend's grandma told her, like, do they still re- believe that they are special? Do, you still be, do they still believe that they are magical like that? So yeah, I always imagine that piece as well, not to be shown in a gallery, but in a public space. So it's for, you know, cleaners who pass by and read the description to feel something. 
to feel some sort of like, emotions to it. It's also white in color. And I, I don't know why when I was thinking about that piece as well, like it needs to be white because whitewashing, whitewashing. I, I don't exactly know what that means, but in my head, it's like this bleaching of bleaching of your identity as well and bleaching of your memory. Yeah, I, I, I feel like there's this, there's this closeness and this magical moment where when you connect contemporary executions with like um, traditional values, traditional stories, um, magic happens. Yeah. Mm. And this piece, is it also embroidered? This piece is a, it's a technique called songket weaving. Uh-huh. So I, uh, this is a collaboration with uh, Tanoti. It's a Sarawakian songket weaving house. Is it called a house? Workshop. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've often heard artists who do work with textiles say that um, one of the challenges of being in that space is that you kind of have to both constantly make a case for belonging within that contemporary art circle um, while also having to make a case for, well, we do work with textiles because you're kind of, and as, and we started off talking about this, the the lines and sort of how, the lines are kind of blurred, but many people do kind of seek to define you in a particular way as well. Um, could you talk about that, some of the challenges of making textile arts? The experience that I have, because one of the pieces, the tiger piece is done in Netherlands and the other waterfall piece is done in Sarawak. And I do see the challenge in terms of my resources. In, in Netherlands, they are a lot more advanced and they are a lot more into the textile industry. So they have a lot of machines, they have a lot of techniques, they have a lot of uh, support in terms of like textiles. And when it comes down to the local scene, I find it a lot more challenging to find uh, materials and advice. A lot of the times what, what I realize as well with the local textile scenes is that it is produced, not in the art sense like what you mentioned, but it's produced for the industry, for commercialization. And the locals are so used to that that when it comes down to challenging the notion of like what if we don't do this and we do it for art it becomes a learning curve that we all have to figure out like where do we get this color where do we get this material how do i how do i do it if i want it this size instead of this uh, set down size for mass production mm. and i feel like that's also what this exhibition is about as well it's it's about going into this space, looking at different forms of textiles, how it can be expressed, how it can be used, what materials can it be can be used to make a textile and what defines a textile. Um, and really think about if if this is the potential, if this is the end of the potential for textiles, if, if is there any more that we can develop? Is there any more that we can talk about in terms of this media? Yeah. Anything you wanted to add, Iona? For me, especially as a self-taught artist, especially when you're dealing with textile, um, you definitely do need to justify why, like why you're in the scene. Like, are you worthy to be in the scene? It's really hard to talk about it because um, you really have to be, I think, thick skin, and you really have to have the passion for it and. Um, you know, you don't, you can't, and I mean, 
not only do you can you not only do you have to verbally justify yourself why you're worthy of the position that you hold in um, the field, you also have to let your work prove that. So that is basically your backup support, essentially. Um, but I think generally now, um, I think a lot of people in the community have definitely been supportive. I mean, when I first met Marcus, it was such an eye-opening experience. We definitely learned a lot from each other. Um, we did a lot of networking as well. So that was really great to have in Brown. <laughs> I'm so sad that you're over there. But yeah, um, I think it's been, yeah, it's been good. I think definitely challenges will come along the way. But if you have a good support system and if, you, if you're very disciplined and determined in trying to make it in this field, then you'll have no problem in succeeding in whatever you pursue. What do you hope that people who come to the exhibition will um, take away about the the practice of contemporary textile arts? I don't know how to say it because when I go to museums or when I go to galleries or art exhibitions, I always think about how how it's made and the materials. And then after that, then I try to relate it back to what is being said by it, so the brief and the description. I think um, I would really hope that the observer or the audience, when they look at my work, they really think about um, how is each knot being tied? Where does it go? Where, where does one warp or weft? Where does it start and where does it end? And then I think that's what I really hope. And then I hope that the AI will appreciate the, the selected materials um, and the message that I'm trying to convey and the awareness. And I hope that after we've done all of that, um, they will be able to reflect inwards and, and try and relate to what, um, what basically narration of the pieces that I've put in this exhibition. So sometimes I do question as well, like why don't I just do painting? It seems like it's a more direct, obvious answer. But as well, I do question as well, why don't we try from where we are at, from our own, from what we are familiar with as well? Why don't we see the world where, you know, textile can be a normal thing? My grandmother's craft can be contemporary as well. And I feel like that really would empower us in protecting our own, not protecting, but also like culture our own cultures as well like I feel like sometimes people forget that we do have all these other forms of textiles that right now maybe it's not that important because it's more important to do like a much more how do you call this commercial mm. work like a dentist or being a lawyer but are we while we're chasing all this really big money are we forgetting about who we are at the in the process? Are we also are we also just waiting for someone else to tell us? Are we just waiting for like foreigners or tourists to tell us like what our craft is worth? You know, like where, how do we how do we protect our own value? How do we look? How do we see our own crafts and still find some sort of value in it? I feel like that's what I hope for. I hope for people to see and understand as well in this exhibition when they look at their own culture and then look at stories from their own uh, from their own 
history that they remember that there's still value and worth in our who we are. Right. Yeah. yeah. I, I definitely agree with Marcus there. I think it's really important that, you know, as locals, we, we also appreciate our own sort of iconic textile, not as well, not only just the commercial, in a commercial sense, but in a more historical appreciation. And also to um, make them continuously relevant, right? Exactly. I think it's also a way for you to bond with your, with your family. I feel like a lot of times, maybe because we, we are traveling too fast, we have this generational gap where we stop understanding what our grandparents are doing or like why are they doing only slow craft, why are they so slow. But I, f- I still see it as a way to also connect with like the community as well, like to understand why this is valuable for them, why this is important for them, what memories does it bring along with them. I think when we are chasing the next iPad, sometimes we really need to go back home and like just visit our grandma and then ask them like, why is it so fun to like make this t-shirt for, you know, your your grandpa or (laughs) something like that, you know? That's a a very sweet note to end on. Thank you so much, Marcos. Thank you, Ayona. Thank you. you. I've been speaking with artists Iona Donald and Marcos Kue, who are two of the artists featured in Common Threads, uh, which is an exhibition on contemporary Malaysian textile arts practices. The show also features works by Tetriana Ahmad Fauzi and Shan Shan Lim, and the show is on until the 4th of October at the Backroom at Chungsan Building. For more information, go to thebackroomkl.com. If you've missed any part of this interview or any previous front row segments, you can download the podcasts on bfm.my on our BFM app or on Spotify. You've been listening to Front Row on The Bigger Picture, BFM 89.9. Thank you for listening to this podcast. To find more great interviews, go to bfm.my or find us on iTunes. BFM 89.9, The Business Station.